You're listening to PorchDrinking.com's The Porchcast, brought to you by ONTAP Credit Union. And now, The Porchcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 102 of The Porchcast. We are coming to you with a very special edition <laughs> this holiday season, joined once again by our co-host Bryant Vanderweird. Sorry, <laughs> got a little stuffed up there at the beginning um brian vanderweird broadcasting and uh managing the ones and twos as per usual but um for this episode <coughs> excuse me we are very excited to welcome terrence sullivan product manager for sierra nevada to talk about celebration ale um terrence welcome to the show uh-oh uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you cut out there for a second. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, glad to be here and uh, uh, love talking about beer. So uh, you got some of my favorites uh, on the lineup. So I'm, I'm raring to go. And we are particularly, particularly excited to talk about Celebration Fresh Hop Ale. Um, it's an IPA, uh, one of the most iconic IPAs uh, for the season. But before we do, we're going to give a shout out to our sponsors, as we always do. A big thanks to our friends at ONTAP Credit Union. ONTAP Credit Union isn't your average financial partner. They make banking as easy as enjoying your favorite beverage while providing great financial advice in a friendly and welcoming environment. With ONTAP, Colorado comes first, which is why they offer low loan rates for cars, homes, credit cards, and more. And with ONTAP's mobile app, you can have instant access to your accounts, whether you're meeting friends at a local brewery, out on the slopes, or wherever your next adventure takes you. Member-owned, Colorado Proud, federally insured through NCUA. Visit ontapcu.org. All right, we're going to jump right into it. I'm very excited to have Terrence on the show today um, because for the longest time since I was an, uh, an early beer drinker, I could remember this iconic beer uh, popping up around this time of the season. And it has become one of the beers that, you know, I feel like has defined our industry uh, for, you know, October, November, December. Terrence, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, how Celebration Fresh Hop IPA came to be. I know that uh, it's a 40-year-old it's a recipe, and as I understand, the recipe has remained unchanged since, you know, since the very beginning, featuring a hop bill of Cascade, Centennial, and Chinook hops. Um, is that the case? Yeah, uh, it's uh, Chinook on the bitter, and then uh, Cascade Centennials are the uh, aroma hops and also the dry hops. Uh, for celebration ale, but yeah, fairly. Um, if 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 you have some uh, homebrewers out there, it's it's a fairly simple recipe. Uh, in all honesty, it's uh, two row pale malt and um, uh, and some uh, crystal malt. Uh, C sixty is what we uh, use in it. So, um, but but yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I I think you nailed it. It's pretty iconic um, brand. I'm gonna pour myself a little glass because I'm getting a little choked up on it too. This episode so. is brought uh, to you by Luden's Cough Drops and Ricola. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Uh, and celebration. <laughs> and celebrate. Cheers. So cheers. Um, yeah. So um, I'd like to kind of tell the story about it uh, when because I I discovered. Uh, obviously Sierra, Sierra Nevada and, and Celebration Ale prior to um, working here and uh, and I loved uh, the Pale Ale and I loved the Celebration Ale uh, in particular and um, when I started working here which was uh, uh, this will be my 28th year 
of uh, making celebration ale, uh, not oh, technically wow. making it anymore, but uh, uh, it was it was my my first love at Sierra Nevada, it was, and, and it was literally the the first summer I was working here. And um, uh, each year we go up for hop selection, and a lot of the focus on hop selection is celebration ale. Uh, because we're picking out that year's hops. And that's why we call it a fresh hop IPA. Um, uh, we coined a, a wet hop IPA, um, which is our Northern Hemisphere Harvest Ale. And it's made with wet hops out of the field. A lot of people call fresh hop, hop uh, beers, uh, which we technically think are wet hops. Uh, but, but each year Celebration Ale waits until that year's harvest so that we get the uh, freshest hops out of the field, have them kilned, baled up, and brought down uh, to to Chico. We start brewing the uh, kind of the first week of September and uh, here in Chico, California, and then it takes about a week for the same hops to get out to Mills River, North Carolina, and um, uh, and and get the beer brewing out on that side of the country. So um, that's where we kind of changed the name to a fresh hop IPA because it was kind of I, I've always said this, that uh, we've never really been good at telling uh, our own story sometimes. Uh, uh, I think we do good when we're in podcasts and we're being interviewed and doing things like that, telling our story. But uh, but how do you put all that on a, on a you know? Uh, yeah, the label's only so paper. big, right? Yeah, right, right, <laughs> exactly. And the can doesn't even have even any room for uh, for any kind of description. But uh, but yeah, that that first year was kind of where I fell in love with it because you literally go to Yakima, you you're pick, well, that's generally where we uh, start our our uh, hop picking assignments, um, and you're picking out the Centennials, you're picking out the Cascades that are going to go in that year's uh, that year's lot. Obviously, we're buying more Cascades for uh, pale ale production too, as well. But um, it's really one of those kind of loves whenever you're you're doing it too, because hop selection is so it, it's just a, it's a sensory overload and it's amazing yeah. experience. And um, and so as you're picking the hops, you're realizing like, okay, these are all going to go into Selly, and then you fly home, and then the hops are meeting you when you get home, and you start brewing with them, and you and you start you know, working on them, uh, at, at the brewery itself. And then, um, so, so the brewing process, uh, takes place, you know, one day we're, we're adding the hops, uh, about three days into the fermentation, we're going to transfer and start doing the dry hopping. And then that's whenever it starts getting exciting, you know, you're starting to get a lot of aroma going and, um, and then about 14 days later, the beer's cold and it's in the fermenter and you can take it and you're like yeah this is killer um and the only problem is is we bottle condition this beer and can condition this beer uh so we have to wait another 14 days before we can enjoy it so it's literally a month from the day you brew it to the uh to the day that you can actually uh drink it and uh and really enjoy it and so that whole anticipation and everybody's just into it uh, at the brewery, and uh, and I think a lot of our, our fans are too. They look forward to to the release as much as we do. Um, but when when it is is you know finally ready and in the bottle, that's whenever you can just sit back and just go, yeah, right on. I got my celebration this year, and it, it, it probably because it is a seasonal beer makes it even that much more special because you know you got this window from like middle of October 
until the last week of December and you better and you better get it and you better enjoy it, you know, during that time frame. So Absolutely. Cheers. Now, tell, tell us a little bit about that kind of hop, you know, from the from the hop selection to, you know, getting it to the to the brewery itself. What type what time of year do you all typically start visiting the harvest uh, at visiting for the harvest? Um, well, I guess starting with the selection, when does right. selection take place? When does when does harvest take place? And then, you know, for for a beer of this magnitude in terms of scale and size, for a brewery of this magnitude, how do you coordinate all of the logistics of, you know, getting the hops into both breweries and uh, making sure that it's maintained, uh, maintains its freshness and its uh, um, quality uh, throughout that process? Yeah, so um, we, we, we generally start, uh, and we send several different crews um, up for hop selection too, and, and it's, it's much, it's, it's changed a lot over, over the years that we've gotten we've expanded and become bigger it used to just be you know four people each year whenever i first started here and um uh and it was always ken grossman our owner um usually had a brewing uh went and uh a couple brewers and so i was fortunate enough that first year to go uh and be able to be on that hop selection team um but now we have a, a broader team um and their their focuses are different each each trip they go but they start roughly in about the third week of august uh and start uh selecting at that time because they're starting to uh, pick the early varieties um centennials will get picked uh right right kind of the end of august uh and and right behind that the cascades start getting picked at the same time and and so when we're when we're selecting we're we're purchasing from uh several different uh growers and and brokers uh that we work with um and when you're doing that uh, like all, most of our hops are all under contract and so we're obligated to purchase a certain volume of hops and so they'll you walk into a room and it's uh you, you kind of know you know what's going on and uh so we're always uh uh and bringing out you know some other hops uh, that we might be obligated for or experimental hops or things of that nature that will but our, our main focus is the cascades and the centennials and so you know we we might be under contract for i don't know a couple hundred thousand pounds of cascade hops right and um and we'll go through and start kind of rubbing the hops and we know that they tell you it's all on a sheet it's kind of you know cascades this particular sample that's in front of you might have uh 120 bales um this one might have 400 and something bales it's just dependent on the acreage uh in that little area in that lot right and so we'll go through and and generally speaking um in the old days um when we weren't quite making as much um uh, beer as we are now you know a tenth of what we make now um it used to be like like blow your mind find the find the best possible hops uh but we really kind of started focusing on more of consistency because that's really the the uh you know the kicker for especially for like pale ale that we're making all year long we want it to taste the same uh throughout the entire year so we try to get you know cascades is very focused on uh consistent uh from from broker to broker from uh grower to grower and from lot to lot um and you're not looking for the 
totally standout one, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that that's a big, big focus on our part. Um, but generally speaking, like Celebration Ale, it's roughly about uh, two pounds a barrel uh, of hops in it, uh, including hot side and, and uh, the fermentation side. And so that two pounds a barrel, if, if you do it, we're, we're brewing roughly about uh, 45,000 uh, barrels of Celebration Ale. And so you're looking at 90 to 100,000 pounds of uh, total hops. Um, and if you look at a, a bale is uh, 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 200 pounds of bale. It's all, it's all whole cone hops too. Um, Celebration Ale is 100% whole cone hops beer um and so we're buying bales of it and those are 200 pound bales um so if you just, you just do the math off of that it's like 500 bales and they're loaded into a military yeah. c-130 to yeah. ship them across yeah. like what are exactly. the logistics behind that um, you know with with chico we're pretty fortunate because uh, we'll get a truck in about two days from whenever it leaves yakima and they generally they'll drive almost all the way down uh and, and not not stop or stop for gas or whatever but um, yeah, so, um, but what we will do is we end up taking all the lots and we really uh, kind of organize them. And that's kind of our procurement team's job is to, to you know, hey, these hundred bales, uh, like if we have 200 bales of a particular lot, half are gonna go to Chico and half, well, I say half. Uh, we probably brew 60, 65% of all the celebration on the west coast uh, than we do on the east coast east coast mm -hmm. more like 40 uh, 40 uh of the total volume and that's mainly based off of uh, where our sales are right um we're still you know we're still heavy on california um beer sales compared to uh east coast although that's that's increased over the years it used to be like 80 20 back in the day uh, now we're like 60, 40. So, so that, that's, that's pretty much, uh, we're, we're making sure that we got the same exact lots and, and, you know, weekly meetings uh, with the brewers on both coasts to kind of go over, uh, you know, cause you never know, you might have some damage with some hops or uh, something, something gets sideways on you. And uh, so when we're changing a lot out here, they'll be changing a lot out there too, as well, just so we're, we're on the same page and we're uh, using the same hops. Now, you talked a little bit about consistency. I, I feel like that's something that interests me a lot because I, I have participated in hop selection for another brewery before. You know, the, you know even, even if you're taking the same varietal, uh, I've seen instances where even from lots a lot, it can com taste completely different and um, carries different properties based on, you know, the amount of sun it gets or the soil or whatever. From a consistency standpoint, do you all cross-reference kind of, I mean, is there a way to cross-reference last year's batch to, uh, to when it comes to the selection process and, and trying to match that flavor profile as closely as possible? Yeah, that's a good, good, good question. Cause it, 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 you're still, you're still dealing with a, uh, uh, agricultural product, right? Totally. Um, you know, I, I, there's going to be uh, nuances always, regardless yeah, of, of what I, happens. I always, we, we've always said that too, is that uh, winemakers have, have done a great job of educating their, uh, their consumer that, uh, you know, not every year is the same, you know, the cab yeah. is not the same every single year. And, um, and, and they've done a beautiful job of blaming it on mother nature. 
uh, when, uh, you know, it's it, it, part of it is uh, just because of, uh, you know, it, is it is it warmer this year than it was last year? Is, is there, you know, uh, now we're getting into climate change issues and things of that nature that uh, will definitely start affecting it. But I, I mean, I, we, we try to get it as close as possible. There's no like going back because we can't taste last year's and, you know, it's going to be aged. And so it's not going to give you a good representation. Uh, we all try to just put it in our Rolodex of like, okay, this is kind of, uh, kind of what it tasted like last year. Like I, I look at this year's, I think this year's is, um, uh, is different than the last couple years. Um, in, in a, a little nuance that I don't know if a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a consumer would necessarily pick up on, but, um, for me, uh, one of the driving flavors that I get out of Celebration Ale is, from Centennial hops, and when Centennial hops are popping on on me, uh, it gives a rose character to the beer, mm. and a rose, uh, real really floral rose uh, aroma. And um, this year, I find it it's it's not it's not quite as sharp as it it's been in past years. Mm. Um, and and like I wasn't on hop selection this year, but uh, one, one of uh, uh, our technical director uh, at the brewery, he knows that I just love Centennial hops. And so he's like, yeah, this year's Centennials are a little bit different. I think you're going to notice, uh, notice the change a little bit. And so that's, I don't get quite the rose in it, but we're doing a, we're doing a beer right now um, in Chico. If, if anyone's uh, in or, in or around uh, and we call it Sully Drippings. Uh, and it was first done out in Mills river. And, uh, they had the luxury of, of sitting on their dry hop tanks. Um, mm. So we do do some of the tanks torpedo, but some of them are uh, half of them are traditionally dry hopped. Um, so we, we hang hop bags in the fermenter. And um, so they had the luxury of, they didn't really have to turn the tanks over as quick as we did. And so what they discovered was like the next morning, all the liquid that dripped off of the hop bags um, accumulated in the bottom of the tank and someone, you know, I mean, we're, we're all brewers, you know, you stick a cup up there and you're like, wow, that tastes really good. <laughs> and so, uh, so it ended up, uh, becoming a tradition out in Mills river. They would make, uh, probably a couple kegs, maybe two or three kegs, about, about, uh, two, two to four barrels worth of beer, uh, and serve it in their, uh, pub and call it celly drippings. And uh, so we did it this year. This is the first time we did it out in California. And uh, and I got that as soon as I tasted it. I'm like, oh, there's the Centennials. Like they're coming through. Uh, and and you know, for whatever reason, uh, they seem to shine through on the Sully Drippings compared to the Celebration Ale. But uh, you know, you always get the citrus and you get the pine from the Cascade uh, that really kind of shines through. But yeah, yeah t tell me a little bit. I know Cascade is, you know, the backbone of what made, uh, you know, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale um, so iconic. Tell me a little bit about how this classic hop bill has translated over time, because, you know, obviously, I think Sierra Nevada has found a tremendous amount of success in, you know, modernizing your, your hoppy beers. Uh, you know, you see that with Torpedo, you see that with, you know, um, you know, some of your, your newer releases, um, you know, hazy little thing. Uh, you also have liquid hoppiness from this past year that I, I yeah. thought was absolutely fantastic. 
But what is it about this classic hop bill that makes this such an iconic beer? Where do you feel like the, you know, that that kind of recipe for success is translated? Where I feel like, you know, anytime we're entering like September, October, you know, I see, especially among industry folks, they're getting excited for celebration IPA. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's, you know, in reality, uh, Ken and all the brewers back in the day, they didn't have a lot to play with, right? <laughs> they, they were, the, the entire industry was, was based off of the big players, the Bud Millers and Coors sure. of the world. And they weren't about aroma. So no, no one grew hops back in those days for aroma. They grew them for bitterness and only for, for bitterness. So alpha acid was the big driver uh, for people to plant hops. Uh, thankfully, you know, since the craft beer industry really started to take off and uh, the accumulation of all the craft beer that, that is being made is, is really changed the whole structure of the hop industry. Um, I mean, that's why they're breeding for aroma. That's why they're looking at stuff for aroma. And that's why you're starting to get these, you know, great hops like Simcoe and Mosaic and Citra and, uh, you know, uh, crossbreeding and getting different aromas and different flavors, stone fruits and tropical fruits. But Celebration Ale is just that it's that classic citrus pine floral character that uh, that were really kind of. I guess define the industry in the 80s. Uh, mm -hmm. Pretty much everybody was probably playing with the same exact hops. And, you know, Ken fell in love with Cascade hops because um, they, they were, they had those characteristics, the citrus and the pine that, that he enjoyed. And, and he was fortunate enough to kind of find those because uh, I think it was Budweiser was using those as a bittering hop and they were starting to phase them out. Mm -hmm. um and and he was starting to play with them and he was able to kind of uh get enough contracted out where uh they would continue to grow them for him so i mean if you look at some of our core beers back in the early 80s um bigfoot barley wine had cascade centennials and chinook um uh, pale ale cascade uh celebration with uh centennial it's got it's got a little schnook in it but uh mainly centennial cascade uh our stout had cascade in it uh so you know pretty much i mean that and, and also too is like you know our, our chico ale yeast um uh, we've eh, we're on the fence a little bit of like uh, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Because we hear consumers like, oh, yeah, it's got a Sierra Nevada taste. You know, well, I love that. You know, I mean, that, that's great. Yeah, um, if it isn't broke, don't but, fix it. I right? know, right? So, uh, so, but but I think a lot of that comes from uh, mainly our yeast strain. Uh, gives yeah. a lot of flavor to our to our beers for sure. Um, but back in the day, everything we made had <laughs> some amount of Cascade hops in it. Uh, so, so that was just just what it is, but I, I think that's what makes it you know such an iconic beer. And and, and like in, in a lot of ways, uh, you know back back in those days, no one really called beers IPAs. Um, you know, Ken Ken was drinking that before he started Sierra Nevada. One of the beers that really kind of 
got him really interested in like hoppy beers was uh valentine's and they made a uh an english style ipa and they were using american hops uh in it and so that really kind of drove his interest into um developing a more of a hop forward beer when i when i look at celebration ale like it's class it's it's classic i was telling this story the other day is um you know, in a, in a lot of ways, like like Vinny Chalerzo from Russian River, he always gives us, a, we're really good friends, and he always gives us a bad time. He's like, man, you can't make an IPA with caramel malts. Like, you just can't do that, you know? Because they do. They age pretty quickly um, in, the, in the beer, and that's why you see classic now West Coast, what people call West Coast IPAs, um, are all made with, uh, you know, pale malts and pilsner malts and those kind of things you know and also too not to not to take from the hop characteristics but like celebration you can never take that out of there because that it's that malty sweetness that kind of drives the whole flavor and like really kind of helps with the bitterness on the beer because it's it's 65 ibus it's it's got a pretty good bitterness to it but that sweetness from the caramel malt i think is just amazing in the beer and and in reality, and I, I'm, I'm putting words in Ken's mouth, and and I really want to talk to him about it because I started thinking about it last week. I'm like, oh yeah, he was developing recipes based, you know, and that's what other brewers were doing. So you know, you had English IPAs and you had uh, English pale ales, and they they all had some color to them. They all had a little bit of uh, uh, some uh, colored malts in it. Um, so. That's yeah, kind of my take. Um, I'm rambling there. No, 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 no. I, it's it is interesting how you know that the you know you talked about the malt profile and but I I also think that you touched a little bit about the marketing of it and um, you know as a marketer myself I'm always curious and and intrigued by how breweries market certain things. Um, I know that the the term fresh hop was added in later years, fresh hop IPA to yeah. really distinguish. Um, stylistically what it was. Um, and I, I'm also curious, you know, just from the standpoint of, obviously this beer is, is released in October, but it, it's associated with kind of the holiday season. Was there any confusion early on in terms of people thinking that it would be more of a, you know, heavily spiced kind of like winter warmer uh, versus versus actually being, a, a, you know, a hoppy beer? Um, and and I, I guess was that kind of shift into fresh hop IPA being on the label was that kind of to to counteract that that you know that mis mis uh, kind of communication of the branding? Yeah, I don't I don't well I know it wasn't um, the the fresh IPA was actually put on the package uh, as I said earlier we don't tell stories very well and so we thought if we put one word fresh uh, people would go oh they're waiting for the the current harvest of hops sure. uh, of course that caused confusion because uh, a lot of small brewers call, call wet what we call wet hop beers fresh hop beers yep. people are like wow you make that much wet hop beer how do you do it all year <laughs> long and it's like no we don't do that uh, but we we made the first uh as far as we know uh in the current um you know, craft beer revolution, we made the very first wet hop beer, uh, Northern Hemisphere uh, wet hop IPA hmm. um, back in, I want to say it was like 90, 96, 97, right about that time. 
uh, and it was it was a suggestion from uh, a gentleman that worked for uh, Yakima Chief back in those days, mm. um, and he said when, when he lived in the UK, they would make wet hop beers like directly out of the field uh, once a year, and so we got that idea of like oh let's 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 try this out, and it ended up catching on, and a lot of people. Uh, do it today because it's it's a great tradition to kind of celebrate the the harvest of uh, uh, of hops, um, so to say. But yeah, it was it was mainly put on there just to say that we don't make this all the time. We make it right uh, at the fresh uh, when the hops are available and ready for us that particular season's harvest. Um, getting on the, the other subject, though, is like even to this day, we still have people that say, yeah, God, the, cl the clove and the nutmegs just not quite coming through on the beer, you know, and it's like <laughs> it doesn't have any of those in it, you know, so so for 41 years straight, we've uh, we forgot to put those in the recipe. But, but yes, it does get um, we, we've had people write us like, wow, it's 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 not, you know, it doesn't have those traditional holiday characteristics uh with spices and things of that nature but it was never intended for that it was it was mainly uh to get the uh nuances of the hops uh shine through um so you know i mean that that's what it was all about so mm -hmm. now i know i was i was fortunate enough to visit um your Asheville location earlier this year um i know that you all are constantly playing with you know, new experimental stuff, small batch stuff on, you know, on that system. And I'm sure out, out in Chico as well. Uh, what's next from, an, uh, you know, for Sierra Nevada on the hop innovation front? Uh, obviously, you all have been so successful with creating such iconic brands like Celebration IPA and also, you know, Pale Ale, Torpedo. Uh, we, we mentioned those all before, but um, I guess from an innovation standpoint, what excites you the most uh, and, and what can consumers potentially expect on the horizon for some, some larger, more innovative releases? Well, um, right now we actually have a variety pack that uh, it's a, our hoppy sampler pack that just came out. Um, well, it's, it's the second version of it. So every, every quarter we kind of switch it up and we, uh, the first one that came out uh, back in the early parts of fall, uh, had a uh, cold, we called it cold torpedo, is cold IPA, which is IPL. I mean, we all kind of know uh, elephant in the room. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's just an IPA made with uh, lager yeast. Um, so if you want to talk about marketing, uh, but yeah, that's cold, that's cold torpedo and, and a great beer, you know, a lot, lot drier, crisper. Um, but, uh, we, we actually just made a beer, um, working with Yakima chief, um, and they have a new, so, so people might be familiar with cryo hops. So it's, it's, you yeah. know, uh, kind of separating, uh, the lupulin, uh, and the brack of the hops and, um, cryogenically freezing it, uh, in nitrogen, uh, bags. So to preserve the hops as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and have them stay as fresh as possible. Uh, what they did this year is they uh, started to experiment with what they call cryo fresh hops, um, which we would call cryo wet hops. Uh, yeah. But they're they're hops that are directly out of the field. And so we we made a beer called Cryo Torpedo uh, that's in that hoppy sampler pack. 
and I encourage people to go try to find it because it is, and when I first tasted it, I, I was, uh, and I, I, I do more on the marketing side now, even though I, I grew up as a brewer and uh, that's my true passion. Uh, I, I miss brewing beer. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely uh, uh, skill to have. Uh, and, but whenever I first tasted, I'm like, what is up with this beer? It's amazing. And, and they told me like, oh, it's, it's in essence, it's wet hop beer that you can make year round. And so yeah. they, they, they process the hops uh, wet from the field, um, cryogenically freeze them, uh, pack them. And so we could theoretically make a wet hop beer uh, year round now. And so uh, this has been really, it, it's been a, a great beer. It's, uh, it's mosaic hops, uh, Simcoe and Citra. So the real like core uh great hops that uh, have come out in the last few years and uh, or last 10 years, I guess I should say some of them, uh, Citra for sure. But that sounds uh, fantastic. So it, it, what you're saying is that maybe we can one day get to the point where we can celebrate Christmas in July with a cryo celebration. Uh, IPA yes. in July. Yep. yep. And that, that's, uh, you know, and, and, and I always, uh, I always encourage people not to uh, sit on Celebration Ale to enjoy it while it's fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it would be really good to, to, to brew one in the, uh, uh, in the summertime and, and enjoy that. I, I like an IPA in the summertime too as well. Yeah, totally. Well, Terrence, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. This is, you know, obviously one of my favorites and uh, an industry favorite as well. Um, it's so cool to hear the, all the backstory behind uh, Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. Um, it's been uh, an industry classic. It's endured the test of time, and it continues to be super successful to this day. Um, Terrence Sullivan, product manager for Sierra Nevada Brewing. Uh, thanks so much. Um, yeah, we appreciate you great. joining us for this episode, and uh, hopefully we can have you back to talk uh, a little bit more about Sierra Nevada down the line. Yeah, hopefully we can get that. Uh, so the cryo is not in a... Uh in a variety pack and it's uh, a standalone brand. And then, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll jump back on and we can talk all about that one. I'm all for it, man. Appreciate right it. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, this has been episode 102 of the Porchcast. Um, be sure to subscribe on all of your listening devices. We're on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Spotify, and whatnot. And a big thank you to our friends at ONTAP Credit Union. Uh, be sure to join us uh, for our next episode. We'll be doing a, a year-end recap for Porch Drinking. Uh, this is Tristan Chan and Bryant Vanderweerd. Uh, we'll check you later.